Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. What's up, SCS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in all of true crime. And today, two new faces added to the mix. But before we get there, gotta wish everybody a happy valentine's day so happy valentine's day to everyone in sts nation and the coe called uh, for shannon and belkies who are new to this the coe she is the chief of everything she's also my wife she runs the show as most women do and she said make sure write it down do it at the end but i'm doing it at the beginnings so i'll definitely forget a shout out to mexico e el salvador uh, Viva Mexico and El Salvador. They've been in the house and I have not shouted them out. So uh, shout out to both of those countries. I've been to both, as a matter of fact. So uh, glad to have you with us. Now, new documents uh, reveal. Uh, and by the way, let me just check one thing here real quick. Um, we're good. We're good. I thought I might be on the wrong audio setting. Uh, new documents reveal that uh, this murdered Microsoft executive, Jared Bridegan, got into an alleged argument with his ex-wife and her second husband, a guy named Mario Fernandez Saldana, uh, who are accused of plotting his murder back in February 2022. Uh, this argument happened at the Church of Jesus Christ uh, of Latter-day Saints uh, before his death. This is according to a witness, and I'll tell you why we're finding all this out right now. Jared Bridegan, um, who uh, we've been in touch with his family and uh just to let them know we are thinking of them and of course this is about justice for jared bridegan uh that he was fatally shot in front of his car after coming across a tire in the middle of a secluded road apparently it was a setup uh in jacksonville beach florida his then two-year-old daughter was in the back seat she was unharmed uh today the reason we're getting all this new information is there was a document dump uh, the Jacksonville Beach Police have released information as well as the state attorney's office and here to help us break it all down. Best guest, of course, you know him well, famed Tallahassee defense attorney R. Timothy Jansen. He's a partner in the firm Jansen and Davis that bears his name. He's done it all. Criminal administrative, criminal litigation, uh, chief trial counsel for the secretary of state of Florida. Uh like I said, he's done it all. He was also a federal prosecutor for five years. New to the show, let's give them a warm Valentine's Day welcome. Belkis Plata, she is a champion of human and civil rights, works tirelessly to defend Jacksonville's most underserved and marginalized citizens. She's described by various members of the legal community and her clients as someone who exhibits professionalism, courtesy, diplomacy, firmness, compassion, humility, patience, and selflessness. What I like most about Belkis, she was born in the Bronx, where my father was born in 1933. I think Belkis was born a little after that, but still, it is the Bronx, and she is uh, part Puerto Rican. You don't mess with her. And part Colombian, so you definitely don't mess with her. I know that because my wife is Latina, and I... Uh, steer clear of messing with any latino women because they will always win um shannon shot she looks a little more friendly even though she might yell at me too uh she was raised in jacksonville florida 
she attended the Bowles. Is that correct? B-O-L-L-E-S. Is that right, Shannon? Mm -hmm. Bowles. Okay, I just want to make sure I pronounced it right. And uh, Bowles School matriculated uh, at the University of Florida, where she graduated with a Bachelor's of Arts in Political Science and went to Stetson University College of Law. She knows the law. Tim Jansen, by the way, is a gator. So there you go. And uh, right off the bat, shout out to True Lifestyles. She's been in court and uh, has been a backbone for STS. Uh, Steve Cohen, Meve Moen, always says, a rising tide lifts all ships. And uh, we're all about helping each other out here. That's why I felt bad the other day when I forgot to mention the shaming of Jay gave us audio from uh, the Donna Adelson hearing. So uh, gave him a bunch of shout outs. So thanks again to the shaming of Jay. And thank you to Susan Harmon for all this. So Shanna Gardner was actually supposed to appear in court this morning. And Tim Jansen was going to give us his live analysis that you don't get anywhere else, but it was moved to Friday. So she'll be back in court Friday, the charges, and then I will let the esteemed panel in on this. But just so everyone knows, um, Shanna Gardner is charged with first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, and child endangerment uh, in connection with the death of Jared Bridegan. And uh, she and her second husband, Mario Fernandez Saldana, are both accused of hiring a hitman carry out the roadside murder uh belkies welcome to you um how big a deal is this case in jacksonville where you live uh, how closely are people following it um i think it's a very big deal you probably can talk to most people in jacksonville and they're very familiar with the case just because it was you know it blindsided the community that a woman an ex-wife could have her children's father murdered or set up to be murdered yeah. And um, Shannon, because everyone seems to know about this case, and there's also obviously a very high profile criminal defense attorney named Jose Baez. Um, do you think it's going to be tough to see the jury in this uh, case, Shannon? So Jacksonville is one of the largest communities in or it's the largest landmass city in, I think, the world or the continental United States. Um, so we do have a really good swath of people who might not know about this. Uh, generally, you know, when we have these big cases, Duval County, the entire city is a consolidated county. So we do we, I think you can seat a pretty fair and impartial jury. We've between Balkus and I, we've picked about probably 30 juries each um, and you get all walks of life. So I don't anticipate that there's going to be like a change of venue in this case because of any sort of jury venire issues. And um, we can dive back into that. Uh, back to Belkis on this, and then we will let Tim Jansen loose. Um, <laughs> Denise Kenny wants to know, will Shanna and her second husband be tried together or will the cases be severed, Belkis? Do we know? So we don't know yet. There has not been a motion, as far as I'm aware, uh, for Joinder uh, filed yet. So at, at this point, I expect, you know, it'll proceed like that and it's separate. It might depend on what happens with them. You know, if at any point the state decides they do want to use one person against the other um, as to whether or not they'll try them together or not. Uh, Tim Jansen, look at this comment from Love Tet. There's something about Shanna I just don't like. And look, Tim, every time you take on a client, you're probably going to hear that from multiple people. People don't love defendants. Um, how big an obstacle is that? And also, you've been covering, and I don't know how much Belkies or Shannon know about this, but the Dan Markell case, obviously, with the Adelsons um, going on trial. Uh, eerily similar, right, Tim? It, it is eerily similar. Um, you got child custody issues. You got a bitter divorce. 
You've got fine, a lot of money involved. Um, both cases were circumstantial evidence cases, right? There's no eyewitnesses. Uh, again, it's a, it's a woman that's hired someone to kill her husband or ex-husband. Um, I, I think the police report's pretty clear um, from what I was reading in the police reports. They got a strong circumstantial evidence case that this was a designed hit. Um, the roadway, the way the tire was placed, when it was placed, the timing of it, the fact that the ex-husband would be driving on that road, uh, the fact that no other no other people on that road had a, saw the tire in there, clearly shows that this was a planned and designed hit. Um, I believe that the uh, the second husband is probably going to cut a deal. Um, mm-hmm. If I was his lawyer, I would cut that deal as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, the cases where I had the wife hire a hitman, they always want to get the person responsible, which would be the wife, and that the second husband was just a mere byproduct and an assistant. Um, so I think they'll cut a deal. If he doesn't cut a deal, you could have what's called Bruton problems. Mm-hmm. Those are statements made by one defendant that are not admissible against another. That's one of the most obstacle-driven reason why you'd have separate trials. Otherwise, mm-hmm. the state would probably charge them together uh, for resources and judicial economy. You want uh, so to really yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, so, jump in. Things. So I live very close. My parents live very close to where this happened. And it's a very affluent area in Jacksonville Beach that's called Sanctuary Park- Parkway. You've got multi-million dollar homes just down the street. So like that was a really shocking part as well. Like you mentioned, the fact that the tire was right there and then he's gunned down and ultimately the connections. But Duval County built four ceremonial courtrooms so that we can get over the Bruton issues by taking a jury in one room to, and then bringing them out and just kind of doing this circus, oh, this little dance with the jury. So we have two jury boxes in four of our courtrooms. So I think the state attorney has said she plans to try them together, whether or not they can prevail in the the hearing on, on, on that joinder, like that remains to be seen. And, and Shannon, that's, just that's for those of us who are not yeah. attorneys, um, just explain what this Bruton issue is. What does that mean in English? Well, I think Tim just explained it. You you cannot, it's basically a hearsay issue, right? And so when you are a defendant, the statements against the defendant generally can come in. Anything the defendant says generally in a layperson's term, you know, there's an argument to let that those statements come in, even when they're generally hearsay, they're actually not hearsay under the Florida rules of evidence. But when you have two co-defendants and you're trying to bring in something that for one person is not hearsay, you can't bring it in for both people. So you have this bifurcation or division that happens. Um, And it is, you know, just as a person who's been covering Dan Markell and uh, obviously all the Adelsons, uh, this is very oddly similar. Uh, There was a lot of um, affluence and, you know, the Adelsons come from a lot of money. Shanna Gardner obviously comes from a lot of money, custody battles, young children. Um, We're looking right now at the new now estranged husband or ex, I don't even know if he's the ex or estranged Belkis or Shannon can let us know, but Mario Fernandez Saldana is the second husband. Um, and he's the one that uh, Belkis and Shannon were just saying, and Tim was saying might very well flip on Shannon or cut a deal. And then Henry Tenen is the uh, trigger man. He has confessed to it and uh, will be a witness for the state. Uh, he was a tenant of Mario Fernandez Saldana. So just to show you, uh, who is who here. Uh, since it is Valentine's Day, this is a very important day. Uh, Susan Harmon was letting me know. Uh, this is off the justice for uh, Jared Bridegan, um Instagram page. Uh, 
I don't know what you call it, a page, whatever it is called. And uh, Friday is actually um, the two-year anniversary, I believe, of the murder, if I'm correct about that. And uh, Kirsten, the wife, says, I pray that the uh, means progress, moving things forward in his case. It says here, Valentine's Day 2022 was our last holiday together as a family. We always made holidays special with a special meal. That morning, Jared made pink heart pancakes for all the kids before taking Liam and Abby to school. That was the last time uh, they woke up at home with us. This week is a tough one. So obviously, our thoughts again go out to Jared Bridegan's family and hope that there is justice uh, for Jared Bridegan in all this. Tim, I mean, we've talked about this a ton. Um, I was speaking today to someone who's a victim of her sister was a victim of a homicide, a very high-profile homicide down here. Um, the families never really recover from this, right, Tim? No, they don't. And, and as Shannon was saying, it's an affluent neighborhood, and she's affluent. She moved afterwards, bought a million-dollar house out west, and they're hiring minorities or people that aren't that very wealthy, well-to-do to commit the crime. Tenon looked like he's, you know, a very on meager living in a rental place ties directly to the ex-husband or the second husband. It's not a hard, you know, these people are not as bright as they think. They hire people uh, that that are desperate, that will do it for money. um, And it ties right back to them. There's no distance between them. So it's going to be pretty easy to tie the conspiracy. And the question really is not going to be hard for a prosecutor. Why would the second husband want this guy dead, right? He probably doesn't. Is the wife that did his his wife does so it's not hard to convince a jury of the motive. Um, you're mm-hmm. clearly going to be able to prove the, the the charge. And it looks like they're really trying to make a push in the media. I don't know if we if you guys have seen the recent media post um, on Monday. Fox News put out an article about how Jared Bridegan was a hothead and how he yes. confronted a bishop. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely the news media coverage that we're seeing locally lends to the fact that one, the um, Garner family is really trying to make Shanna look like a victim. And I think they're using their power and influence to do that. But also, uh, Fernandez Saldana has made a lot of statements to law enforcement in this data dump that we got, um, or the the media dump, that really, he's he's talking. They are estranged from what I understand. They're not divorced, but he's saying mm-hmm. a lot. And it sounds like both Tenen and Fernandez Saldana might be cooperating co-defendants. Uh, that's really interesting. And uh, yeah, we're going to get to that because Jared Bridegan, uh is being described in the media now as a hothead, which is probably not fair. And again, to Shannon's point, um, look, the gardeners have a lot of money, a ton of money. And with that comes some influence and some power. There's no doubt about it. And uh, I can guarantee you they're trying to spin the PR machine. So the documents come from a variety of places. Some come from the police, some come from the state, some come from elsewhere, but it's out there. And I'm going to go through it kind of one by one here. Um, back to Belkis. By the way, Belkis, I don't know but in, if you know this, but in Miami, there's a very well-known news anchor, Belkis mm-hmm. Nere, if you know her. So yeah, I've I heard that. Bel- People think I'm from Miami just because of the name, because it's, it's <laughs> yeah. a known name there. Up here, I'm probably the first Belkis anyone's yeah. ever met. She spells it B-E-L-K-Y-S, but she and I are friends, and I've known her a long time. She's been around. She's an institution down here. Um, Patty R. Tabelkis, do we know – and by the way, STS Nation, 
Um, let me know how you like this 5 p.m. Eastern time slot. Let me know how you like the 7 p.m. Eastern time slot. And I've noticed when we have done shows with Tim in the middle of the day at like 2 p.m., we are getting people from Namibia, Ghana, mm -hmm. Kenya, Argentina. So let me know what times you like. And uh, we're all a community here. So I'll check out those times and I'll try to mix it up. And uh, we are, in fact, a global show. Uh, Belkies, do we know why the appearance got changed from today to Friday? Do we have any idea? It was kind of a last minute thing. It was a last minute thing. Sometimes we see emails that are put into the system, you know, that will explain why. Um, I I can't figure out what it was. I don't know if there was a scheduling conflict, um, but no, I don't. I don't know the answer to that. Mm. Uh, sometimes courts just make decisions. Uh, Annie K here, always with the questions. I love it. The capital three Qs. Please do that if you'd like to ask our esteemed panel some questions. Does the state, Tim Jansen? Uh, they shared some of these documents. Does it mar the purity of evidence that should be kept until trial? Or are there always leaks ahead of, ahead of a trial, Tim Jansen? Well, there's a difference between leaks and between public disclosure of public documents. In Florida, our trials are public arenas, and people are free to go to these. Most of these cases, these documents are, are the filing of a probable cause affidavit and the filings are public documents. So people can see what they're charged with. Now, if they're leaks by what witnesses are going to say, that's completely different. Um, we hope that the evidence is the evidence and that leaking it to the media is not going to affect the uh, jury to look at the evidence and make a decision. But it's clear in this case, like the Clenny case, someone is making a, a, a conscious effort to denigrate the victim when a victim can't speak for themselves, right? So they're not they're not defending themselves. They're they're pushing in an, an avenue that, you know, try to denigrate the victim. It really doesn't. They don't need to do it. This is not a self-defense case. Right. This poor man was driving his two year old home and he was shot and executed. It doesn't matter if he was a good guy or a bad guy. He was murdered. And I don't mm -hmm. think there's any disputing that. Yep. Yeah, um, we're look. seeing the parents, too. I don't know if you guys have seen that the Gardner family is dragging the Brightigan parents, uh, Jared Brightigan's parents through the mud about their attempts to have a relationship with the twins. And it's it's really appalling. And, and I think that if anything, you asked about a jury, those are the kind of stories that might get more attention and could potentially impact the jury panel, um, knowing about the custody battle, which why, why does the general public need to, um, to know about this horrible custody battle that's happening over two 11-year-old twins? It, it's just very disheartening to see. Shannon, do you think that the gardeners with all their money have literally hired uh, a PR firm to spin this narrative? I wouldn't put it past them, right? So when we quote a fee as a criminal defense attorney, the more m cash money you have in addition to the fee, the more we can do. We can hire PI firms, or excuse me, we can hire PIs, but we can hire PR firms. We can hire investigators. We can hire, you know, the other forensics, independent forensic examinations to challenge everything that the state investigators did. I mean, the more money you have to throw at a criminal defense, the more likely you are to walk. And the average person doesn't really understand that. They think like you go hire an attorney and you know, that's it. You just pay the fee, but no, like the, um, the money that the defendant can put towards the investigation or the, 
work for the criminal defense. It's more than just what happens in the courtroom and it can certainly make a difference. And I don't know if Belkis would agree with me on that, but my client tells me I'm going to pay you a hundred thousand dollar fee for this homicide and I have a million dollars to spend on whatever you think we need. I think I could do a really good job. Yeah. I mean, money, money, as ACDC says, money talks. That is for, for damn sure. <laughs> By the way, deep thinker, Deb, I don't know when this is ever going to change in this country, but there was a mass shooting out of all places, the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade today. And then I just got um, a notification that in Palm Beach Gardens, there's some sort of shooting going on at the mall. Mm. So um, not going to make this political, but why don't we get some common sense in this country? I don't see this happening in all these other countries. It's got to stop. So I put that up there. Um, I'm calling you Belkis because I'm a Jersey guy, but do you prefer Belkis? Is it Belkis? Because Shannon's calling you Belkis. All right, I'm a great I, I, will, I will answer to either. Oh, okay. I say it like a Jersey guy, so I'm stick with Belkis. Uh, Belkis. So the Bridegan family <laughs> recently filed a lawsuit for visitation rights of these 11-year-old twins that uh, Shanna Gardner shares with Jared Bridegan. Um, right now, they're staying with family out of state. Uh, where do you think that goes in terms of uh, getting custody or some sort of joint custody uh, of these kids? Yeah, so that's a tough one because it's going to depend on the jurisdiction. Obviously, the kids are no longer in Florida. Um, and, you know, so the courts out there will have to decide what they want to do. While I understand that uh, Jared leaves behind two other children who ideally would like to have relationships with the twins, next of kin would be the mother's parents who the children are currently with. Um, so, I mean, I think there will be arguments, but I, I find a court would be hard pressed to say the children should be returned to Jacksonville to be where their, their other siblings are. Hmm. So back to this document dump, and now we'll start to kind of pour through it a little bit here. Hundreds of pages of documents uh, have been released uh, in what prosecutors are calling, again, a murder for hire case in St. John's County. Uh, many of the documents, as I mentioned, come from the Jacksonville uh, Beach Police Department following the murder back in February of 2022. And they illustrate the uh, tumultuous relationship between Jared uh, and his ex-wife, Shanna Gardner. But it also reveals uh, tension between Shanna Gardner and her new husband, uh, Mario Fernandez Saldana. Um, it goes on to say that Shanna's first sit-down interview with police was two weeks after the shooting. When I read that, uh, Belkis, I said, that seems like a long time to me. Um, you know, going back to the Adelsons, Wendy Adelson was called in uh, the day of the shooting. Uh, do you do we have any idea why it took two weeks for them to actually speak to Shanna Gardner? I think initially they didn't see her as a potential suspect. Everyone thought this was just some random crime of violence that happened. And she had immediately gone to the media and cried her alligator tears about the passing of her ex-husband that she didn't know what happened. And this is so terrible. Um, and so I think it took them a little bit of time to start putting things together to see you know, that there was something more that they needed to investigate. And that's why they ultimately brought her in. Um, Another possibility is Hancock. Yeah, go ahead, Shannon. <laughs> you know, she lawyered up with a great lawyer. So that, that that's another reason that possibly it took a little bit of time. Who, yeah. who was representing her, Hancocks? Hancocks was initially representing her up until she was arrested. So, Joel, this, this, these investigators, hopefully it wasn't just an officer that pulled up, a detective showed up. Usually you see a shooting like this where there's no robbery. His phone wasn't taken. His wallet wasn't taken. Nothing was taken. 
and I don't know if the tire was still in the road. It's clearly someone had to, it had to look like someone with the experience that this could have been a, a, a hired murder. Um, and they, I would have assumed they thought the wife or ex-wife was the first suspect, right? Or the ex-husband. Yeah. So yeah. I, would, it, I think she probably lured up. That's why it took two weeks. Because I can't believe that an experienced, especially in St. John's County, they wouldn't have been looking at this as a hired hit. So this and is by, Duval County. And more specifically, it's Jacksonville it, Beach. It's and in Duval? It is. It is. Okay. It's not... So I don't know if Jack's Beach Police or Duval County Sheriff's Office would have initially um, investigated, but if it was Jack's Beach Police, it's very possible that it would have gone past them because that's a small police department. It's not like JSO. So that is still possible that they just didn't connect the dots for a couple of weeks. Maybe JSO came in late, um, you know, without looking specifically at the incident report. You know, I, I don't know the exact answer to that, but Jack's Beach Police is really small. Okay. By the way, people are already yelling at me. If if I if I come out and say that mass shootings need to stop and you're calling that political, you got an issue. So look, as Steve Cohen says, the great Meve Moen, don't point the finger, point the thumb. So if you got an issue with mass shootings being political, that's a problem with you, not with me. So deal with it. Uh, Lindsey Shea, um, Tim Jansen, help us understand this. So this guy, Henry Tenen, uh, mm-hmm. he um, basically admitted to it. Um, he cut a yep. deal and he said, I'm going to I'm going to talk. Um, so how is this going to play out? Uh, the Lin- Lindsay's asking, is he going to testify against both Shannon and Mario Fernandez Saldana? Well, more than likely, he had no communication with Shanna. More, he probably had all his communication with Mario. He's looking at life in prison, maybe the death penalty, but at his age, I'm guessing he's probably in his 50s, although he looks like in his late 60s. Um, He's trying to get any kind of deal with at least not get the death penalty, maybe get 10 or 15 years. He'll have to testify at a trial. They're not going to give him any kind of deal without testifying. Um, And then I think then it flips, right? It goes to the next person. Then you have, you know, the, the, the... husband if he's smart and he's got a good lawyer i don't know if he's got a public defender or a conflict or if he's got a private lawyer but he should be the one in there flipping or trying to cut a deal uh, as quickly as possible for a 15 year sentence he already pled up and so what that means is basically he entered a plea to the court with a range of 15 to life okay um and without the death penalty so they've already taken the death penalty off the table so long as he ends up ends up uh, holding up his end of the bargain in testifying because that's one of the requirements for him. Is and that for, is that for tenon? Are you talking? Yeah, for tenon. For tenon. Okay, all right. Okay. Second um, degree. That's about, that's about right. That's what I would have thought. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they needed him. I mean, they didn't have a case without him. Yep. And the husband has Jesse Dreiser, who's a very shrewd lawyer. He's okay. What he does. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia shoulder surgeon, which is always impossible for me to say. Uh, is this the most unlikable camp from the family to Shanna to Jose Baez? What do you do when the defense attorney is more unlikable than the defendant? So Belkis, he is a very well-known uh, defense attorney, Casey Anthony fame, but a lot of people don't like the guy. Is that a potential problem? Sure. It is a problem. Um, you know, Jacksonville has a lot of conservative people mm-hmm. and that's who's going to sit on your jury. And so they don't like the smoke and mirrors. You know, they're going to question, why did you go grab this guy who's all over the media when, you know, Jacksonville has great lawyers? And is is he just here for, you know, um, 
to try to uh, get people to, to look past what's actually happening. So I don't know that it's going to fare well. You know, I, I think a jury definitely our jurors in, in Jacksonville are pretty smart um, and they're going to see what the defense is trying to do by bringing him in. And like, uh, people in Jacksonville are not huge fans of people who are alleged to have murdered a child. And certainly there is a child victim in this case. And I think like a two-year-old, Jared Ryan's two-year-old and case Kaylee Anthony being kind of in the same conversation, I don't think that's helpful. Yeah, I would uh, yeah, I'm not sure Jose is going to blend in in this community, really, with this jury. Um, they better... They've probably been better with Hank Cox, who's been in that community for probably 50 years. Very experienced, former president of the Florida Bar. I know he's getting older and he's had some health issues, but he's a very esteemed lawyer. Well, and what one about, more thing to what about Jansen out. and Belkies and Shannon as a team? What about that? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's, well, the interesting thing is Jose is not death certified. So if this case, <laughs> if they move forward with a death penalty, with a death penalty, He's not certified to defend her. So I don't know why you would ever hire someone who's not even capable of defending your loved one. Well, yeah, they can wave, by the way, they where, can Belkies, where does that stand? Where does, they can waive yeah. that. Well, he says he has someone who is death certified on his team. Patrick yeah. he is technically lead counsel. If I'm your, if I'm hiring you, I want you to represent me. And so, I mean, that tells you a lot about why they hired him. Right. Because he can't really defend her and we have lawyers who only do death penalty work which is a very specialized area of law um which he does not know and belkies where does do we have any idea where that stands when will that decision be made ultimately about whether or not this will be a death penalty case I, as the case progresses you know uh, i don't know if it's set for trial just yet but that's a conversation the judge will have with him um, as it gets closer and, you know, he has lead counsel. So we will expect that the other attorney will be the one leading the defense, um, you know, because I don't expect the state to waive the death penalty as, as adamant as they are at, about it right now. And Belki, since I'm shallow, I got to ask, I've heard reports that uh, Baez is making somewhere between 250 and a half a million dollars a month on a retainer. Have you guys heard that? Oh, my gosh. That's wow. outrageous. That's ridiculous. Um, but I would love money. to see what he's doing to earn that kind of money. Yeah. I mean, Let me tell you, if he's, if he's getting paid that much, that, that is an outrageous fee, especially if he's not even the lead counsel. Mm -hmm. Well, that might be for the whole team, but also I would say half a million. For, I don't know anyone who needs a multi-million dollar defense. Maybe OJ did, but like other than that, you know, like she doesn't need a multi-million dollar defense. You know, the, the going rate for a homicide in this community, I would guess is about six figures. These cases last like five years if you try it. And then like I was talking about earlier, having the, the cost retainer, but you know, there certainly could be a disgruntled uh, client at the end of this case who wants to file a complaint with the Florida Bar if they were paying six figures a month uh, indefinitely. When yeah, he's a I mean, like once every three months. And this is likely not going to go to trial till 2025, right? I mean, this if is, they're lucky, if they're it, lucky, we don't see death penalty. I mean, I just tried a homicide last year and it took almost three years to get it to trial. So on a death penalty case, the amount of discovery that's involved in this case, the amount of witnesses, I would expect several years before it's actually ready to go before a jury. Well, by then, Jose Baez will have bought Jeff Bezos's yacht and he'll be long gone. Uh, he won't be anywhere <laughs> near Jacksonville Beach. Um, love Pet. Um, 
curious to get your take on this uh, from the women here. I think she married Saldano to do the hit, uh, makes her like the Adelsons. The wealthy think they can get away with anything. Her family's a stamp business, but they make a lot of money. Um, but Belkis, they are sort of an odd couple. She reportedly met him at a CrossFit gym. They just look mismatched. I mean, I'm not one to talk because my wife's a lot better looking than I am, and I'm kind of dopey. But what about um, what about that? I mean, do you think that she was looking for someone potentially to do her dirty work for her? You know, it's come out really that this wasn't um, a spur-of-the-moment thing. Apparently, she's talked about this for many years. So I don't know if that's why, you know, they got together. I don't know if they fell in love. I've seen otter couples. Um, but that would be a very interesting if that was her thought process. Yeah, Tim Jan for like a hot minute. <laughs> she like she only married him so his parent her parents would continue to give her money. I think she was quoted as saying, um, and she married him very quickly. I mean that's that's always a little suspicious. Yeah, and by the way, I read that she only knew Jared Bridegan. I think for two weeks they were set up, and oh uh, he flew out to Utah. They moved to Connecticut because one of the children had a health issue. And then uh, as soon as they could, they moved back down uh, to Florida. But but Tim, obviously, one of the uh, oldest motives uh, since the beginning of time is uh, money, uh, sex, drugs or money. And uh, here, Shanna Gardner, according to this document dump, admitted her marriage to her ex-husband. Uh, she said this to police uh, was strained and she accused him of draining their bank account. She went on to state, Tim, that the home that they had was purchased with money from her trust. But once the funds were removed from her trust, the property became a joint asset. Mm -hmm. She stated that Jared wanted his half of the proceeds from selling the house. And uh, he started getting paranoid and everything had to be written down. And again, that house became sort of a lightning rod. Um, how closely... Will the state and the defense have to look at the finances here to see what was going on? Because it's not just the kids. It's also the money. Well, money is always a motive. Usually it's life insurance they want to get. Um, but, you know, money, I've had clients that are very wealthy basically say, what's it going to cost to get this to go away? <laughs> After spending like 30 minutes and explaining uh, if I can make it go away, I'm not going to lose my license by trying to do something like that. But it's not buying it. It's spending money on the case, investigators, experts. Uh, because, you know, the best plea deals you get are pre is preparation. The state attorney realizes you're going to go to trial. You find their flaws. You have experts. Then you're in a negotiating position. I don't think anybody's got a negotiate. Shana has no negotiating position. They want to give her the death penalty. They probably want to give the husband the death penalty. His only leverage is going to be not getting the death penalty testifying against her. They realize they're going to be in a money battle. They realize that Jose is going to come in there and stink the whole courtroom. He's going to throw stuff. He's going to attack everybody and try to make it a, you know, a free-for-all. Hopefully the judge, I don't know this judge, hopefully this judge will realize what's happening and control what is happening I know I think the first time we saw her in court, she was all dressed. She was dressed in regular street clothes just for a hearing, which is unusual in our district. They don't allow that unless you're in front of the jury. Is that she was something in, uh, normal? She was in street clothes the it last time, Belkies. Yeah, that's not normal at all. Um, that might be the very first time I've ever seen that happen in Duval County. And not because it's 
can't happen. Um, it's a show again. Like who is she in front of? She's in front of the judge. The judge knows she's in jail. There's nothing to hide here. The only time we put our clients who are in jail back in street clothing is when we're going in front of a jury because we don't want the jury to look at them differently simply because they're in custody. Um, so yeah, we could take close to our clients to change before coming out in front of the judge. But like, what really is the purpose there? I'm not sure. And we know um, Pichello, former prosecutor. He's very like he's a smart guy. I mean, I, I would also ask Belka because she's, she's in front of him quite often. But like he's so, going to be Judge Borello. Oh, I think they're in front of Judge Kite, who is yeah. um, a former prosecutor. She just left the state attorney's office not too long ago. She handled homicides. So she knows everything forwards and backwards. And she is extremely smart and she's not going to be playing games with them. Um, and so I think they're really, you know, they're in for an uphill battle if they think that the show and dance is going to change her, you know, her, her decisions in any way. How about By the, the way. prosecutors on the case? Are they experienced and, and. Absolutely. So Melissa Nelson is involved and she's been involved, who is the state attorney. <clears throat> Christina Stifler is the actual prosecutor who's on the case. Christina is extremely smart. Um, she's, you know, very quick on her feet. She's been completely immersed in this case for months, for years at this point. She's been involved since the beginning of the case. And so you know, I don't think they can pull anything past her or put anything past her. I think she's ready for whatever antics the defense comes up with, which makes it a little bit more difficult for the defense. But Jose Baez is in uncharted, you know, territory. These are not his <laughs> playing grounds. He doesn't know how everyone moves. And that's really bad for the defense. You want to have a lawyer who's familiar with the judge, with the prosecutor, with how things go. And he's just not that person. And Tim, we saw that uh, with Rashbaum, Dan Rashbaum, a Miami defense attorney up in Tallahassee, was a bit of um, uh, he's a fish, fish, out, fish of out of water. Yep. Completely um, fish out of water. Yeah. yeah. Tallahassee. I mean, Tallahassee is even worse than Jacksonville in the sense that it's so conservative. Yeah, very conservative. Um, Tim, to you from Sandy. Do you think uh, she, there's no way here, right? But do you think she could be released on bond? I certainly hope not, especially not if this is a no zero way, right? chance she's getting released on bond. If she did get released on bond, the prosecutor and the judge would be under investigation <laughs> because there's no way that she's entitled or anybody can say she's not a danger to the community. The motion was boilerplate. The motion just says you don't have the evidence. So the one, one of the reasons I think it ended up moved is that they want to have an evidentiary hearing. And yep. so I think that rather than saying, Judge, we filed a motion, we rule on it. They're like, Judge, we want two hours of your time. And I'm sure Judge Kite is super excited about that. But she moved it to a Friday, which generally, like, there's nothing scheduled on a Friday. So that's probably what's going to happen. Um, Elizabeth Herman, I love the powerhouse you guys have on your show. Best guests. It's not just a tagline. It is our reality. And now we have two new best guests added to the roster. This is from Susan Harmon, who lives in Jacksonville and has been following this. Arrest Shanna's parents. They gave half the home to Mario after he was arrested. It's so weird. Belkis, any comment or thoughts on that? I mean, you know, I don't see that happening. The state has bigger fish to fry. They're focused on seeking the death penalty on these people. Um, so I don't really think that's something that they're looking into. So um, this marriage, uh, she was asked by police what what life was like married to Jared Bridegan. And she just went on to say, uh, Tim Jansen, that he was a hermit. He only <laughs> wanted to hang out with her or play with his quote unquote toys uh, he was never physically or verbally abusive, even stating she could count on one hand 
how many times Jared yelled at her, uh, but he would have a quote-unquote rude undertone. She stated he knew how to be charming when he needed to, but it was not his natural personality and stated he could be very bipolar. Um, it's a weird description, Tim Jansen. What do you make of it? Because uh, going down my list here, and Shannon alluded to this, uh, he's he's later on described by another witness who's a, the pastor's wife as being a hothead. But what do you think is really going on here with these descriptions in this document, Dom? Well, she's given her description. Remember, she married him. She chose him. Okay. So if there was a problem with being married to him, she shouldn't have married him. He sounds like the typical guy that he got a, he won the lottery. He's got the, the meal ticket. He's going to stay near her. He's going to keep her near him. He's going to do everything to ride that meal ticket. He's not going to do anything to lose it. Um, and then she, with all of her money and her thinking she can buy everything, got bored or frustrated and wanted him gone. And then he left and wanted some of the assets because she commingled some of the trust fund on the house, which made him eligible in Florida. It's a community property state. Probably made her mad. And she probably ran to her parents, married this another guy on a whim or rebound, whatever you want to call it, looked at him as a savior, and this knucklehead got involved, and now he's looking at death penalty. Hmm. Uh, just back to this judge, by the way, uh, Shannon, it's London Kite, and um, she has such a presence and a command, and uh, she just looks like she is no-nonsense, very, um, very likable but very tough. Is that how you would describe her? Yeah. I mean, she's, she was a great prosecutor and she was, she is a great judge. I mean, she's very well regarded. She's very liked by the community, you know, no complaint. I mean, she, she was made to be a judge. Like she is someone who we knew she was going to be a judge, even when she was <laughs> a prosecutor and she's a relatively young judge and she's going to be on the bench for a while, but um, she's, she, Look, we have really we have some excellent circuit court judges in our community, um, and I think I I'm afraid of all of them, so I would never cross any of them. Um, and I think they've all done a really nice job of of training and and serving the community. Um, Tim Jansen, why did Jose Baez ask for bond? Is it just grandstanding? Is that something that defense attorneys just do because he he had requested it? And then I want to ask Belkies. Um, about them also asking to eliminate the entire state's team. But, uh, Tim, yeah. what about um, the, the Well, it, it looks a lot of times you file motions that you're trying to get discovery. You're trying to get a preview of the state's witnesses. You're trying to get a hearing where you can cross-examine and see what they have before trial. So that way you can go build your defense, right? You, you've locked in one of their witnesses, like their investigators, into certain statements. Now you try to find a way to build a defense knowing that that's going to be their testimony. It's kind of a preview. Someone wants to see part of a movie before the movie starts. He knows he's not getting Bond. It may be for him to try to ingratiate himself and maybe prove he's earning that 250000 a month. Uh, mm -hmm. Who knows what he told the family? Maybe I can get her Bond. And a lot you... It's amazing what lawyers will tell families. They'll tell them things they know just to get on the case or to get paid that they know they can't do. And it, it doesn't last long in the long run. The reputation usually gets sullied because you're not truthful and you're taking advantage of a family. Uh, even if this family has a daughter that's possibly committed a murder, you don't want to take advantage of them financially and promise things you can't deliver. 
Hold on, um, guys. I'm sorry. I have a, I, people trying to talk to you. I'm just going to mute myself really quick. I'll be right back. No, no worries. Uh, Ida JD here, who's a lawyer. Uh, what happens to the disqualification motion? Um, Belkis, I'm not even sure I fully understand the question. Just explain that in your answer. Yeah. So the motion is a very interesting one. The defense filed a motion to disqualify the entire state attorney's office <laughs> because during the pendency of the investigation, there were communications between the defense team and the state attorney's office. Um, you know, Hank Cox was in, in, communicating with the state attorney's office. Um, Jesse Dreiser was communicating with the state attorney's office. They were also communicating with their clients via email. And in those emails, a lot of the subjects, subject lines, they would specifically put confidential, attorney-client privilege, things to like alert people. This communication here is between a, a defendant and his um, attorney. And so the state of Florida did their investigation and they recovered dozens, if not thousands of emails, text messages, communications, because they were seeking the communications between Shana and her ex-husband, trying to look for anything with um, with Henry. And ultimately, a lot of the communications were attorney-client privilege documents that they got. And so they had the Secret Service um, looking through things to make sure that the confidential material never made it to the state attorney's office. Well, apparently it did make it over to the state attorney's office. It was put on a database. And so the defense is saying, you guys have confidential information. You can't be a part of this case. And people in the state attorney's office have reviewed information. Everyone should be removed off the case is what their argument is. Christina Stifler is saying, I didn't look at that stuff. Our people didn't look at that stuff. Once we were notified there was confidential information, we immediately removed any access to everyone from that server. So now London Kite, will be the person to decide. Now she knows that state attorney's office forwards and backwards. She was a prosecutor there for decades. And so, you know, the argument is, is a well-founded argument. I think it holds a lot more weight than this motion for bond. You know, I think there's a lot of things there that the judge is going to have to really review and see, can these people be, in, um, be impartial as they're, you know, going through this or are they have, do they have access to information they should never see? You should never be able to see what a defendant is communicating with their attorney about. We don't know if there are confessions in there. We don't know what's in there, but it's absolutely privileged information. And if someone saw it, I could understand why the defense is arguing that these people should be completely removed and it should go to a state attorney's office that has no ties to any of that. Uh, Tim, have you ever seen a, um, a case where the defense asked for the entire state's prosecute you know prosecution team to be removed i can and i've done it and i successfully did it mm. um i had a client one time who thought her daughter was being molested she didn't know anybody in the small town of mariana someone referred her to this lawyer she talked to the lawyer and she said i'm just going to take my child and leave and he said i wouldn't do that you can't do that little did we know she took the child and the person she was speaking to was the lead prosecutor in Mariana. And he filed charges. I had to explain that there was an attorney-client relationship between those two. He, he went on and said, well, I wasn't paid or retained. No, it's whether the client believed they have. And so I moved to recuse the entire office and it was such a small community. The judge who was really close to the pro, he recused himself. Then another judge from an outlying county came in and granted my motion and recused the office. And then the prosecutor asked me if I wanted to step outside. 
Mm. So, wow. um, Mariana is not my favorite town, but we did get all the charges <laughs> dropped. It's highly unusual. I think the judge is going to go through and make sure that the prosecutors on the case did not review the attorney-client material. If they did, it would impact his the defendant's right to a fair trial because they'd be using information. If they did not, there may be a way to build a Chinese wall that these prosecutors can stay on, but the persons who had seen it cannot be in any way participating in the trial. That's what the judge is probably going to do. And uh, when you're 37 years old, like Tim Jansen, you've seen it all in your career. <laughs> so he has seen it all. Um, Julia Nielsen, this comment makes me so, so happy. Joel, seeing Jersey Boys tonight, thinking of you. Uh, you know, I've never seen Jersey Boys. I have to admit that, but um, maybe one of these days. Uh, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Look at this. It's not that hard to hit the like button. Just hit the like button already. Um, so apparently when Jared and uh, Shanna were going through this custody battle, there was very few conversations, uh, just text. Hey, I'm dropping the kids off, that sort of thing. Now, um, Mario Fernandez Saldana was also uh, talked about. And in the reports, these police reports, Shanna Gardner, when speaking about her own husband, Mario Fernandez Saldana, uh, Belkis, he tells police, she tells police, good luck with Mario. He's like a pit bull. Um, what is the state going to do with that? I mean, that's it's not a very um, endearing comment. Good luck with my husband. He's a pit bull in a murder. Mm -hmm. case. Mm -hmm. By yeah, way, I mean, shout out. I'm sorry. Shout out to Nightwood for uh, this. Go ahead. I think they're going to show, you know, the issues that were amongst this group of people, um, you know, how they communicated with each other, I think is, is going to be a big issue that the state will harp on, you know, as to what the issues are. And granted, in the state of Florida, you don't need to prove a motive, you know, to have someone convicted of a crime. But obviously, the jury is going to be looking for that. They're going to want to know, like, how did this happen? Not only did it happen, but how did it happen and why did it happen? And I think the state has a lengthy history of things that they'll be able to put forward to the jury to show that these people were not really amicable. Uh, by the way, shout out to Miss Brazy with the uh, super chat here. Love these two ladies. Insight and info. Uh, always a salute to Tim and Joel STS. Best guest. Thank you for that. Um, how about this question, Shannon? Do you think uh, if this goes to trial, which it should, uh, that we will ultimately see Shanna? Uh, testify in her own defense. We just saw Charlie Adelson testify. People are wondering if Donna Adelson um, will testify. Uh, what do you think? You know, I don't want to judge a book by its cover, and this would be pure speculation, but there, there's been some concerning behavior. Even the statement she's made about the house, like how dare he want a piece of the house that he's entitled to because it's marital property, and he was paranoid and wanted everything written down. Well, yeah, that's what we would have advised him to do if he was our client, put everything in writing. So, you know, you hear a lot of like, woe is me, she's always the victim, like she can do no wrong, everyone else is wrong, um, which leads me to believe that maybe there's a part of her that thinks she can convince a jury that she had nothing to do with this. So it's very possible. It is absolutely her right. She has the right to decide whether or not she testifies. Even if her, her attorney says, I don't advise it, she can still do it. And there will be a what's called a colloquy or a moment in time on the record where the judge will ask her, do you want to testify? And she has to say yes or no. Um, so, you know, she's giving me Charlie Adelson vibes. She's giving me Alec Murdoch vibes. Like, I think she's she could take the stand. And if she listens to her attorneys, which she absolutely should, 
she shouldn't take the stand. Uh, you always hear that from uh, defense attorneys. True Lifestyles, again, in Jacksonville, uh, kind of been our backbone, uh, giving us some information up there. Interesting that this Friday could be an evidentiary hearing. Tim Jansen, uh, what does that mean to us lay people? Uh, you know, we hear about case <laughs> management hearings, but an evidentiary hearing, what would that mean come Friday? And you, you better be here for it. Uh, well, it's simply, I mean, an evidentiary hearing means there's going to be evidence introduced to the court. The court's going to make a finding and the court's going to make a ruling. Um, typical case management are more like uh, just procedural, moving the case along. Are there any issues we need to discuss? The judge doesn't normally take evidentiary testimony in case management. But this is the judge who's going to have to make a ruling. Um, and it's, I don't know, they set aside two hours. But Fridays is the day that they do set aside because a, a lot of time judges have more time on Fridays. But it doesn't sound like this judge is going to succumb to nonsense. And I think these lawyers are going to be told and they realize, especially the local ones, not to mess with this judge because they have to appear before the judge. Now, Jose, he probably may never, ever appear before this judge in this place. He's probably going to do more free willing, but he's going to be doing it slowly. He's going to yeah. test himself during the pretrial hearings, see what he can get away with the trial, right? That's what you do, you know? When you go swimming, you get in the pool a little bit, you get in there a little shallow, wait until you know what you can do, and then you do it at the trial. At least that's what I do. It's, al <laughs> when I it's, don't always, know the judge. it's always the guy getting paid a quarter of a million dollars a month who uh, calls in by speakerphone instead of being in court. We don't know. I don't know if that is a true amount, but uh, he is a high-priced criminal defense attorney, and they are very wealthy, uh, the Gardner parents. Um, just a couple more bits of information. You know, there's plenty more to go through, but before we get to this comment, um, Mario Fernandez Saldana told police that he was, quote-unquote, really out of it. I guess the night of the murder, uh, he had taken medicine. Um, he also went on to say he, he told police he thought the kids would be better off in the custody of Shanna Gardner. And uh, Fernandez Saldana himself described described himself as confrontational. I mean, I think these are all problems for him uh, as this moves forward. Rosemary Romero says, is Mario going to have to testify? What about that, Belkis? Do you think that um, he will testify in his own behalf or potentially flip, as we were talking about at the beginning, and testify against Shanna Gardner, his estranged wife? So I think of all the people, this, the jury might be most interested in him because he's the nexus between uh, Shayna and um, Henry. You know, uh, he is the person who was in the middle of everything. You know, he has his wife who's probably feeding him all this information about Jared. And then he has this tenant who he sees as a person who would be a willing participant in this crime. So will he testify? Again, that's left to be seen. If he cooperates, absolutely, he will have to testify. But I remember early on the state of Florida coming out and saying, like, we're not going to be giving them any deals. We don't need their cooperation. So the state feels pretty strongly in their case without them. Who knows if that will change? Um, and if Shayna is the ultimate person that they want to see the death penalty on, that they want to see her on death row, it may well um, require Mario testifying against her. Mm. Uh, by the way, Elena Garcia, I want to leave this question up so I will not bring it up. She says, Joel, how many black shirts do you own? And I will answer this by <laughs> saying uh, they always say dress for success. There's a famous New York City sportscaster when I was at Fox in New York City named Russ Salzberg.
And uh, he took a liking to me. And he always said, wear a pocket square. You got to dress for success. And I hated wearing suits. Um, but then came along Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. And those guys wear black shirts and they're worth billions of dollars. So now <laughs> I'm wearing a black shirt, hoping that one day I will be able to hire Jose Baez. But hopefully I won't need him. So come on, you gotta hire me. You gotta Joel. hire somebody else. I'll start hiring me, Joel. By the way, I love this panel. You know, Tim, that I don't say this often, but there's good mojo with this panel. So you guys are all definitely coming back, whether uh, you want to or not. Uh, Rosemary Romero here says, uh, Tim Jansen, why wouldn't Jose Baez ask for these uh, cases to be severed? Uh, why has he not done that already? Well, his he's got to choose. Is he gonna blame? everything on the husband and hope that they won't see her or is he going to have her there and all the evidence is going to really look at the husband and she might blend in sit back and be quiet and the jury might have sympathy maybe she didn't know maybe he did this on his own to make her happy that's two options he has um one where he would want her um, a joint trial one where he would not uh this is an interesting question uh toss it over to Shannon. I'll toss it over there from Crafty Chris. Would it be harder to get the death penalty since Shanna is the only living parent of the twins? Would a jury have a hard time selecting the death penalty? Great question. Yeah, that's an excellent question. There's always two parts of a death penalty case. There's the trial about whether or not the person's guilty, and then there's the penalty phase. And certainly that would be what's called mitigation for the jury to consider when they're considering whether or not they would give the death penalty. Um, KCL, by the way, is uh, in Salt Lake City. She tunes into a lot of shows, friend of the show, and she's all over this case, um, knows so much about it. So special shout out to KCL. I know she's been talking to Susan and uh, who knows, maybe one of these days we'll get KCL and Susan on to discuss this case as well. Now, look at what's going on. The COE, she wanted some of the uh, spotlight. She's going to overtake me very quickly. No competitiveness at all here. Uh, I'm lying. Join uh, the wife, the COE, uh, February 20th. That seems like six months from now, but I guess it's next week at 1230. She's going to talk to Harvard lawyer Lee, who has a huge YouTube following, to talk about the Michelle Traconis trial. Um, so the COE getting in the mix as well. And that's great because take some of the weight off of my shoulders here. So uh, there's another woman who was mentioned in this document dump. Her name is Elizabeth Smith. She's a friend of Shanna Gardner's. And um, she recounts to police in these documents, this Elizabeth Smith, that Mario Fernandez Saldana this is a little confusing. But so now this is Elizabeth Smith saying that uh, Shanna's new husband said to her, you know, I've killed people before. Tim Jansen, how <laughs> how problematic? You don't really want to hear that. But seriously, how problematic is that um, for his defense that you've got a witness now saying that he has openly admitted to killing some someone before? Well, it's a statement against interest. Um, they'll do a 403 analysis and they'll have to describe when the conversation took place, what circumstances. Was he drinking or using drugs when he said this? Um, and the court will have to determine whether it's relevant and whether it can assist the jury. Now, he's claiming or allegedly claimed he's killed before. 
Um, you could argue that this is somewhat relevant because we've got a murder trial here, um, that he hired someone to commit a murder. Uh, I think there's a lot more information necessary whether or not that's going to come in. But obviously, if that comes in, that's, uh, that's what you call a bad fact. We apply it. Yeah, that is a bad fact. Uh, here we go. Jared Bridegan. I should have put this up much earlier. That's his uh, now widowed wife, Kirsten uh, Bridegan. And again, uh, we are thinking of the family there. Um, obviously, a horrific situation all around. Um, this same woman, Elizabeth Smith Belkies, went on to tell, uh, she said, um, to tell his wife that he apparently offered to, quote unquote, get rid of of Jared Bridegan to take care of him is a direct quote, and nobody uh, would ever know. Um, again, how problematic, in your opinion, is it for a witness to be saying this about uh, a person who is believed to have been part of this um, murder conspiracy? Okay, so so that I'm clear, you're saying Elizabeth told... Uh, Elizabeth said that Shanna Gardner... So, Again, this is this is hearsay, but Elizabeth is saying that Shanna Gardner told her. Oh, that's hearsay. Yeah, that Mario offered to get rid of him. So she's, yeah, no, that's absolutely hearsay. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously that won't be admissible in any court of law. I assume. Correct. No, it won't okay. be. Shout out to Catherine in Maui. Obviously affected. Well, wait by a minute. No, we saw what happened in the Adelson trial. If the prosecutor's smart enough to set up impeachment, well, then it could be used to impeach. A prior statement, right? If, if, so if she testifies, if Shannon decides she wants to testify, you know, and somehow opens that door um, and they get to ask her, okay, so you've previously said, you know, X, Y, or Z. No, you haven't. Great. Well, let's bring in Elizabeth and see what Elizabeth has to say. That's the backdoor way of getting hearsay in. Yeah. Mm. By the way, you can say a lot of things about me, but I did not. This is something that Belkis and Shannon don't know about, but I clearly won that race, even though I pulled a hamstring it's an old video Belkies <laughs> and Shannon I'm racing my it's Catherine's birthday happy birthday to Catherine one of my favorite people in the world in Maui uh, a huge supporter of the show and we love her and uh I had no idea it was your birthday Catherine so why didn't you tell me that but happy birthday nonetheless I know you're uh only 29 years old today so enjoy it life gets harder remember that it doesn't get easier it gets harder here's um Jose and uh her attorney, uh, I mean, sorry, her, his client, Shannon Gardner, uh, right there. Uh, this, Shannon, this part was weird uh, to me, and I couldn't figure it out. Maybe you'll understand this better than me. But according to these documents, by the way, I always get nervous with first-time guests because uh, they don't know that we usually go about an hour and 15 minutes. But we'll go about another 10 minutes, and um, hopefully they will come back another time. But back to these documents. So, uh, of course, the day he's killed, his his then two-year-old daughter, Bexley, is unharmed. She's literally in the, in the baby seat in the back of the car. And she she's described as being worried about her father. Um, she was sitting in the, in the car seat. It was just, I don't know, kind of threw me for a, a loop. And, you know, I have three kids. But how much do you think this daughter really knew at just two years old? I mean, it's going to stick with her, obviously, for life, sadly. But... Um, I mean, to say that she looked, you know, concerned, I thought that was a little bit of a stretch. I don't know. Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. So I was trying to think when I read about this with my own child and, you know, what he was like at two, if he could get himself out. So I, I, 
I don't know that she'll remember it forever. She will probably have lost long lasting effects um, that she doesn't even understand because it's subconscious. But I think what she said is daddy was sick. Um, so she clearly saw something, right? Like she saw her father like deceased on the ground. Um, and she, you know, she knew that, that something was happening. And certainly like, I don't anticipate this child will ever testify or that her words will ever really come into play until sentencing. I think at that point they'll be able to say, and let's not forget what the two-year-old said immediately, like present sense impression of what happened to her father, um, which is, you know, just really heartbreaking. I, I think kids are weird in general. So like, even if it sounded like a little unusual, I don't think it's any less true. Are those cops uh, putting any strain on oh, your shoulders? Sorry, or here's some video. I didn't mean to just pop this up, but I did. Well, I'll get here's you some video of Shannon Gardner. Um, Let's just watch this for a moment. As soon as possible, and then we'll get you out of these cops. This is her in a holding um, cell. Probably in about 10, 15 minutes. 10 minutes. Yeah. Bus construction, so. I feel bad. Do you want me to grab this and put it in the trash? No, no, we'll get it for you. That's all right. Do I need to take my water? Um, do you want any more water before we go? Um, sure. You want a little bit left? He is clearly a large, strong, powerful woman here. Uh, you can see the height differential when she stands next to Mario Fernandez Saldana. You see them giving her um, a, a sip of water, which is weird. We just saw that with Donna Adelson, but um, you see the tat sleep too, which is a little and intimidating. And I want to go back maybe. out to the same car we came in. Um, but this, this is the, the, uh, the day of uh, her arrest, I believe, in Washington State. And what I'll have you do um, is I'll just have you face the numbers right here. Um, just because you were in that footage, room, I, I am just going to pat you down. Out in Washington um, just to make sure nothing else ended up in your pockets. Uh, so there, I just wanted to share that video with everybody. Um, here's a question, Tim. Uh, not what I was going to ask you, but do you think Jose put Shanna in street clothes to hide that uh, tat sleeve? So if it pops up on the evening news, it portrays her. You know, there is still, a, I guess, a little bit of a stigma that if you by the way, I like tattoos. But if you've got a tat sleeve that you're this tough, intimidating person and she's a big, strong woman. Is that what mm -hmm. is that why he's maybe said put her in street clothes? You know, that's not a bad idea. I, I I would do that if I was representing her, knowing it's a high-profile, media-driven case. you got potential jurors that might see it locally on TV, see the tats, and if they're conservative, they're going to be turned off immediately. Uh, I would I would guess, because they're not fooling the judge. Judge is not voting. He's not. She's not going to be a, a juror, but he could be trying to affect the audience who might be potential jurors. By the way, if my kids ever get tat sleeves... Don't do it. Don't do it. However, they've got uh, STS, uh, whatever, temporary tattoos, which, by the way, I got for them, and they love it. So there you go. Uh, you can <laughs> see the height difference right here between uh, uh, Mario Fernandez Saldana and um, Shanna Gardner. She is a much bigger person than he is, so it's interesting to see that. And then, of course, um, in their jumpsuits, um, I don't recall seeing her in that jumpsuit um, not in Jacksonville, but maybe I missed that day because, like I said, she was in street clothing the last time. So there's another witness who came forward. Uh, I don't think this person has been identified. And after this, we'll start to slowly wrap up. This witness, quote unquote, explained that her husband. So this witness's husband 
was involved in an altercation with Jared Bridegan at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Neptune Beach. It turns out her husband is the pastor, and uh, <laughs> she went on to describe him as a hothead. Shannon has a comment, the COE is telling me. Shannon, what is your comment? Oh, you're muted. You're muted. I'm sorry. You have to unmute. Sorry. I didn't realize that um, Mario is in orange. And in Duval County, orange means uh, you're on a certain level of our jail where you might have some mental health issues going on. Mm, that's Good interesting. So uh, the, the the color of his jumpsuit um, is... Um, it signals different things. Really? And, and the it, it orange means, is... He's in confinement. He's in confinement 23 and a half hours a day. Being is that for his park. own protection or because it he's could not? Be. It could be, it could be for his own protection. It could be for self-harm. It could be, you know, because he's such a high profile person. They don't want him in the regular cells with other people. It could be for a number of reasons. Mm. Um, analytical Blarney AB, friend of the show. Happy Galentine's to all the amazing women and few men in this chat. I hope you feel all the love year round. Best community. Thank you for being USCS chatters. Thanks, Joel, COE, mods. And the chat, the COE, all over everything as usual. So, um, Belkis, this witness goes on, like I said, to call or describe Jared Bridegan as a hothead as well as controlling and uh, impatient. She knew the couple had a contentious divorce a few years before Jared Bridegan's death. Uh, both, she said that both Shanna Gardner and Mario Fernandez Saldana went to this bishop at the church for advice on haircuts of all things um, and went on to say, which was weird. Um, no, this is, this now is Fernando Saldana. Speaking of the haircuts, he said separately that um, they were always afraid to ask their father, Jared, about their haircuts. They wanted to dye their hair purple and stuff because they were afraid of fear of rejection. So this kind of brings us full circle to what we were talking about at the top this seems like weird information, unnecessary information to be out there. And it's obviously targeting Jared Bridegan's character. So, again, do you think that this is coming from the Gardner uh, party, from the Gardner family? And maybe just maybe they hired a PR firm. It could be. It could well be that they're trying to pay, paint Jared in this you know, bad light. And there were all these issues with him. But nonetheless, this was an execution style killing. This isn't a case where. You know, there's some type of self-defense or he was harming someone. And so in this moment, they did this to defend themselves or defend someone else. Like, that's just not the narrative here. So while it might work on some people, I think ultimately the people who hear this case who will sit on this jury will not be, you know, swayed by any of that. Joe, wouldn't that, wouldn't that go the other way? Wouldn't it give them more of a motive to execute this guy? This guy was a bad person and they were afraid of him. The more reason to execute him. It, yeah. It's got no relevance to this murder, but it makes them look bad. I think if I was a prosecutor, yeah, you, you didn't like him. You, all this, he was brutal. So you, you didn't like him. You hated him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting question from KCL. Shannon, what does a dark green jumpsuit mean? Do we know? So actually the women normally wear gray, but as you said, she's a very large woman. So they gave her a men's jumpsuit, which is the general population wears green. Wow. Um, I always wanted to get a mom <laughs> tattoo. As a matter of fact, the COE will pull up uh, on uh, Halloween one day. I think I put on a big, giant mom tattoo with the arrow going through it. I bet you the COE can find that in like 0.9 seconds somehow. Um, 
Belkis, back to you, and then we'll wrap up, I promise. Um, now, according to this witness, Jared Bridegan's children wanted to change uh, their hairstyles, as I was just talking about. Uh, he disagreed with their choices. Uh, Jared Bridegan told his children their choice of ha hairstyles was, quote-unquote, sinful. Uh, this was written in, uh, actually, the witness account uh, uh, that the police took down due to this Shanna Gardner approached the bishop so he could talk to the children. The bishop told the children it was silly to call it sinful, but he explained that the children needed to honor their parents' decision. Uh, and then apparently Jared Bridegan gets word of all this, and he threatens, uh, the bishop threatens to call the Neptune police. And the next thing you know, according to this story, Jared Bridegan is threatening to fight the bishop, fight the bishop outside i mean what what's going on here i mean well first as an aside some of my favorite people have tattoos so um but as it relates to the church i feel like all of these things that are happening in the church are just inconsequential moments i don't think that they have any relevance to the case as to you know an explanation really of what happened. I think, you know, from the history that we've gotten, Shana had an issue with him, mostly for monetary reasons. Um, and whatever was happening, you know, with their kid's hair and him getting, you know, being hot-headed or having issues with the bishop, I don't think any of that's relevant. And I don't think any of it will ever be heard by a court of law. Hmm. Sleeves of Carm is, is all right. By the way, Carm's childhood friend is here. I, I don't know, Belkies and Shannon, if you know this, my mother who's turning 85 is my uh, podcast co-host and I've written a book about her, which is coming out. So she, this is what all the references are to. But um, my mom's friend from childhood, like four years old, is visiting from the former Yugoslavia and in her hometown, they manufacture, I put this on Instagram at Surviving the Survivor. My mother's name is Carmela, K-A-R-M-E-L-A. And she brought candy, and the candy is called Caramella, K-A-R-A-M-E-L-A, -E and it's crazy because it's in her hometown, which has like three people. So I put that on Instagram. <laughs> it's uh, kind of hilarious, and you can check that out. Uh, we'll close out with this. Um, Tim Jansen, um, Jared Bridegan's brother, described him as a quote-unquote creative person who kept a close group of friends. He had no disagreements with every, anyone, and everyone liked him. She said, uh, th then uh, Kirsten told police, the widow, that she said the only person who had ill will toward Jared Bridegan is Shanna Gardner. So we just see um, this back and forth now, um, this publicity game out there. And it's, it's odd to me um, that both these different sides of the character and, and the characters involved are being portrayed. But Tim, is this something that you're just accustomed to defending clients that there's always going to be some sort of narrative put out there by the media or in the media, I should say? Not really. And I, I have a murder case in Wakala and it's a high profile case down there. It's in dead, dead silence. Um, just think about this case. They're, they're attacking this poor man who was executed. And if it's true that they did what they did the way they executed him, and they executed him knowing that that two-year-old would be in the car, how bad and how low can these people be? If they would execute the father in front of his own children, 
it doesn't surprise me they're attacking the dead man that they executed. And it's just despicable. I'm not saying they, they have the right to their trial, but the, boy, the evidence certainly looks like a really strong circumstantial evidence case. And you have the testimony of the shooter ties him right to the husband. So it's just horrendous. Uh, we're seeing it more and more, Joe. These lawyers are going on TV talking facts of the case, which really judges should take control, stop that, put gag orders. These trials should be tried in the courtroom. And now with social media, it's, it's, it's even worse. Uh, by the way, we're switching up the merch store. We're going to go with a private vendor in Brooklyn where it all goes down. And uh, he's going to be able to make us some cool stuff. And we will get Carm tattoos. And you guys can all have tat sleeves. Um, once again, uh, just because I know the COE is watching now, shout out to Mexico and El Salvador. Uh, viva Mexico. Viva El Salvador. Uh, happy to have people from uh, both those countries present. And obviously, um, two new amazing best guests, Shannon Schott. She was raised in Jacksonville where this all went down. She attended the Bowles School and matriculated uh, at the University of Florida. And she graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science. And then she went on to Stetson University College of Law. And as you can tell, she is very well versed in the law. Uh, Shannon, your final thoughts on this. Uh, when do you expect this to go to trial? Like Belka said, you know, we're looking two to three years um, until we're actually getting two parties that are ready for trial, in this case, three parties. And uh, it's very possible that in that time, you're going to see a lot of changes to the composition of the case. Um, and it's it's certainly interesting. It's certainly not just high profile throughout Jacksonville, but I think it's got there's a lot of eyes on it um, for a lot of different reasons. But it's a it's a fascinating case and it keeps getting more interesting every day. Um, this is a report that I had read and uh, someone told me about oh, as well. Don, <laughs> Tim, this is not funny, but it's funny. It's, but not. it's not funny. Um, can we talk about Sigfredo Garcia? He is um, obviously one of the people convicted in the Dan Markell case, stabbing another inmate in the face, said he was trying to aim for the guy's eye and miss. This is why I don't want to be in prison, everyone. Tim Jansen, obviously a very serious matter. I mean, we just kind of laughed um, like schoolgirls because we know the case so well. And he's obviously yeah. um, you know, he's not a Latin King gang member. Oh, there it is. Look, she put it up. That's my <laughs> wow. I would get my ass kicked in jail if they ever saw this photo. You would for sure. Look, look at that. What am I wearing on my head? What have I done? What have my kids done to me? Uh, it's crazy what happens. But uh, Tim Jansen, what's going to happen to Sigfredo Garcia if this is in fact true? Nothing. He's already serving a life prison. So that's the problem when you have someone serving life. Unless you, what are you going to give him the death penalty? He doesn't care. He's there for the rest of his life. He can do what he wants. They'll move him. They'll segregate him. They'll take his privileges if he has any, if he's getting canteen money. But you really can't do anything. That's why they're so dangerous and dangerous to the guards and other inmates. I like how they say he was aiming for the eye. That's crazy. Um, Belkis Plata is my new, uh, one of my new best friends, even though she doesn't know that yet. She's a champion of human and civil rights, works tirelessly to defend Jacksonville's most underserved. She's a great defense attorney. That's all you have to know. And the most important part, born in the Boogie Down Bronx, same place as my dad. My dad was born off of uh, the Grand Concourse. She is um, 
half Puerto Rican, half Colombian, and that's why you do not mess with her. Um, Belkis, your final thoughts on this? I mean, I think it's a case to watch. You know, it's not every day that the state of Florida or really any jurisdiction seeks the death penalty against a woman, a mother. You know, the fact that she has two living children um, is definitely going to play into the heartstrings of the jurors, although they're not supposed to consider that. So it's definitely going to be a case to watch. There's a lot of interesting things happening, and I don't even think we know the half yet of really what happened. All this is going to trickle out. Lindsey Shea, love Tim. What can you say about Tim, except that he is the most famous criminal defense attorney ever to live, especially out of Tallahassee, <laughs> spent five years as a federal prosecutor. Uh, Tim Jansen, you're going to be with me Friday morning, 8.45 a.m., uh, look at little lamb. She sells, says Belkies is such hey, a cute Joe, name. So we got a big Valentine's date tonight. My wife and I. Oh, really? We're seeing, we're seeing the Bob Marley show, the movies out tonight. Oh, that's awesome. So Enjoy. That's our that's date a, night tonight for Valentine's. I love that. Let me tell you a quick Valentine's day story. So my wife wasn't feeling too well yesterday. I won't get into the details. Uh, she's much better today. And I took my daughter being the kind husband that I am. And we went to Walgreens together. We had a very, um, uh, I don't know, my daughter and I had a daddy-daughter date. We went to Walgreens and TJ Maxx. That was very exciting. Um, I went to TJ Maxx to get new bath mats because I have a puppy and my other bath mats were destroyed by my puppy. So there you go. But the point of this story, um, we walk in and my oldest daughter has a similar sense of humor and we saw a box of chocolate and i'm not kidding when i tell you this box of chocolate was four feet by four feet and it was 29 bucks and i it was literally the size of my house and i wanted to buy it so badly number one i didn't know if it would fit my car but then i actually read the descriptions of the chocolates and it was all like strawberry chocolate and and i so anyway, long story short, I got her the much smaller box of the chocolate that I like, and then I ate all the chocolate last night. Gave her the box, and I ate all the chocolate. Uh, Tim, I don't think anyone liked that story. Tim, yeah. outside of your Valentine's Day date, what's going yep. on with this case? Do you think we see it go to trial anytime soon? Well, I'll defer to the local experts. Um, death penalty cases do take much longer. Um, they're going to have to... Uh, they say they have a death qualified lawyer or the uh, Shannon will have to waive a death qualified lawyer. You can do that, but it's pretty complex. Um, it's probably going to be 25, 25 or 26 by the time they actually get to a trial. I think that's neat though, that Jacksonville has built a courtroom where they can try multiple with Bruton issues. We don't have that in Tallahassee. We just don't have the room. Uh, so I think that's pretty neat. That will slow the trial and make it much longer also. You can double the trial length. Mm. Um, look at this. Joel is a true romantic. By the way, uh, COE, I was going to say, let's all go out and grab a quick bite. I wanted to take the kids out. I totally forgot that it was Valentine's Day, but um, we probably can't get a seat anywhere because it's Valentine's Day, but let's do it anyway. Um, look at you, Joel nailing Valentine's Day. Anyway. Um, these guys are amazing guests, uh, Belkies and Shannon, um, despite my insanity, do you think you'll come back on and discuss this and other cases again? Yeah, as long as, as, long as my kid's not behind me next I, time. By the way, I saw that kid and I loved it. Next time we'll bring him on. My kids make, uh, appearances all the time. And that's why I finally moved, uh, into a studio. Tim, let us know how that movie is. 
Belkies, did you yeah. serve? I see a flag up there. Were you in the military? No, actually, my cousin who's watching flew that um, overseas for me. He um, flies on helicopters. Oh, well, thank your cousin. A he or she? Al. Al Munitin, a he. Oh, well, thank him for his service. And I love that flag. <laughs> Who is Tim Jansen anyway? My son, four years old, just said, listening to the podcast. Uh, who is Tim? <laughs> Tim, I'll handle that. Don't you worry. Okay. I will let him know who you are. Now, quick reminder, tomorrow night, we are turning our attention to the Cain Velasquez trial. This is a case that I am personally very interested in. It's got a lot of layers. His child was being uh, sexually molested. He took matters into his own hands. He's the former UFC heavyweight champion of the world. And uh, on the show tomorrow night, we've got Jody Plowshey, whose own father murdered Jody's sexual assaulter as news cameras were rolling back in 1984, which was a crazy thing to catch. He murdered him in the Baton Rouge, Louisiana airport. Jody's coming. And Dr. G explains we'll be here along with an MMA journalist, mixed martial arts journalist, who knows a lot about it. Uh, you truly always have the best guests. I always say it's not a tagline, it's reality. Love these new women. They are awesome. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. Love you, America. Love you, Mexico. Love you, El Salvador. Love you, Tallahassee. Love you, Jacksonville. Justice for Jared. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and... The chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks. <laughs>